Welcome to Jack Howard Color, the podcast. Today's guest is Carlos Rojas, and Carlos is in Dallas, Texas. He entered the industry slightly older than most of us start in that, done phenomenally well, expanded his salon into a free working space. He's making his name on TikTok and on Instagram. It's absolutely hilarious. Come join the fun. Welcome back to Jack Howard Color, the podcast. Today's guest is tons of fun, a barrel of energy. Um, I met him at BTC last year. We've met online. We became Insta buddies, Carlos Rojas. And I've been practicing his name because my Spanish isn't so good. But Carlos is in Dallas. He's a salon owner. He has a great story that hopefully he's going to share with us today. Welcome to the show, Carlos. Thank you, Jack. Howard. I can't. I don't think it works the same, but I think you did a great job with my name. We did do five takes before we started. So, you know, I was telling Jack that he added uh, a couple of vowels and consonants to my name. It was it was changed from Rojas to Riojas to Rahuas to to the real housewives, all kinds to the real housewives. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too, Carlos. How's your day going? It's going pretty well. How's your How's your day going? Have the flowers and chocolates been just piling in? Uh, constant deliveries? The only pile in my house is laundry. But that's a whole nother story. I don't believe it. I- you must believe it, honestly. No flowers from anybody. Thanks. Thank you. I've heard stories and I know you're trying to move on, so I won't say anything. But I, you were you were quite the Casanova. I know. <laughs> um, uh, I've heard stories. So listen... I'm- <laughs> you can be a, you can be a proper English rose all you want, but I am an English rose. We know okay. the truth. Well, thank you for revealing my sordid past. Now let's get on to the real, the real deal through here. So, Carlos, tell us about your story because your story is really interesting. I think that you came to hairdressing a little bit later on in your working career, and what what sort of drove that, and how. How did you go about it? I didn't want to be in restaurants anymore. So and that's what you were in. That's what I was in. I I was one of those kids that growing up, I was good at many things. And I was able to do most things well. Mm. So when something I couldn't do uh, frustrated me, I just stopped doing it. But most of the time, if I did something, I could do things pretty well. So I was never one of those kids that knew exactly that one thing they wanted to do. You know, like uh, I had some friends that were like, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a, a vet. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to, you know, I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea. So my story was I went through the whole thing. What in the U.S., what we do is, you know, when you go high school, you do college, and that's really what you're supposed to do. So I just went ahead and, and did that, but never really, still, I thought maybe that, that inspiration will come to me of what I want to do. Um, so in the meantime, restaurants are the typical thing that you do, you know, in school, you're, you become a waiter. And, um, and with my personality, it was a good fit. Right. So. What happens? You're good with people. Good with people, which I still believe everybody should be required to work in a restaurant at least six months of their life. 
I don't know. I think I learned so much in restaurants. I learned about conflict resolution, managing people, managing your time, uh, multitasking, incredible. But back to how what I was doing. So when you're in restaurants, you can also go into fine dining. And so I was in fine dining. And what happens in fine dining is that if you are good, they promote you and promote you and promote you. And you just keep on getting promoted. It was an easy lifestyle. It was um, good, decent money. But in the end, it, I wasn't, it wasn't my passion. So, you know, I, um, my mom was a teacher. So she was an elementary school teacher for uh, 25 years. She retired. And um, I said, I got to make a change. I'll, I have to make a change. I want to either finish my degree so that I can become an ele- elementary school teacher because I love elementary education and um, or I'm going to go to hair school. And um, where did hair school come from, though, Carlos? It was a back burner thing. It was something I thought about for a while, but I had my own self-hatred wrapped up into that. I didn't want to be the stigma of another gay hairdresser. That could be a song, couldn't it? That is what I did not want to do. Another gay hairdresser. Another gay hairdresser. That should right. be a good musical. Yeah. So that was my own internal uh, homophobia. And uh, my own, you know, it was pretty deep, actually, if you think about it. Um, because I thought I love beauty industry. I love anything to do with with uh, enhancing um, what somebody has inside. And... Um, but I did have that in mind. What, what, am I, uh, what is my family going to think about me being a hairdresser? I think that's um, really interesting because I think that not many people really talk about their own internal home. Not a lot of, not a lot of gay men talk about mm-hmm. their internal gay homophobia. And I, for mm-hmm. one, certainly um, felt ashamed of what I did at one point. Do you know what I mean? Because you go out and people, what do you do? And you'd be like, I'm a hairdresser or I'm just a hairdresser. Or I always laugh now and say, I'm just a colorist. But in that joke, there is certainly, there was a point in my life when I was just very uncomfortable about it because I felt that I suddenly was just every single stereotype you could be. Isn't that interesting? Mm. I felt that way before I became it. So it was what, what, I've heard said before it was contempt prior to investigation of like, I'm not going to like that lifestyle and I'm not going to like doing that. I shouldn't even do it. Mm. So, um, but you know, I met my partner and my partner really helped me. Um, uh, he was a very, he still is a very successful, well-known hairdresser in Dallas. And so he was like, I'll, 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 I'll mentor you to get you, to uh, a hair school and the business side of it and really how I became successful, but he doesn't do color. I'm a colorist and he does, you know, he's known for his haircuts and his extensions. But um, so what I did with hair color and my Instagram and my TikTok, I did only because I had his guidance of those fundamentals of business. And he was the one that really, I'm, even though he's my partner, I, he did mentor me because, you know, he came from where, you know, the hairdressers were rock stars. You know, he assisted Guy Muscalo. He was in that whole Tony and Guy 90s, you know, uh, 80s and 90s, you know, where 
hairdresser rock stars. And their TikTok and their Instagram was nightclubs and going out and networking. And that was what they did. So it was very, it was very pivotal for me to learn from that. Uh, so that I can do what I do. Let me take you back a little bit before we get into, into the wonderful world of TikTok and Instagram. So you, so you, you were dating someone who's your partner who was already a, a successful hairdresser who already had a great career was having a great and that is having a great career, and he was going to mentor you through beauty school as well as going to it. How did it feel walking into that classroom on the first day of school? as um, a more seasoned member of, of life, you know. <laughs> Is that because I'm Mexican? I'm seasoned and spicy? Oh. <laughs> no, seasoned as in aged. Jack! Seasoned as in aged. Is that because I'm spicy and picante and like <laughs> like salsa? I tell you, you just don't like the word aged, do you? I don't. So how, how did that feel? And it was that first day of actually being in school. You look around and you think, oh, it's come to this. Mm. First of all, everybody knows whether you're 19, 18, 28, 38, 48, 58, 68, starting hair school. It seems like that first day seems like this journey of it's never going to end because it's just this insurmountable for me in my head thinking about every day with these younger kids um because I was 31 yeah. um thinking can I do this like can I mentally navigate this yeah spiritually do this and um I it, nothing changes if nothing changes so I had to make a change to have a change. Mm. So I had to do it. You did a post on that recently about going back at 31 to, to school, hair school. And I think it resonated across, I think it went viral. It resonated with so many people because we as an industry are struggling to attract young people. Um, we're struggling with the way in which we're, we are portrayed, yet we don't always welcome older people into the fold that want to go back to school. It's sort of this weird conundrum when actually somebody who's, who's had some life skills out there, I mean, you'd worked in service industry already, brings to the table all that information and is clear about what they want to do. I, I did. I, I don't think me at 21 could have had the career that I have now. There's, I could not, I wasn't, I wasn't, for me, I've, listen, I have met so many young, talented hairdressers that have this su successful business that actually do the hair and not just the posts. And um, I, the 21 year old that I was, would not have been able to do what they do. So uh, for me to, it showed up in the time of my life that I could appreciate what I have. Right. So you you got through beauty school, right? You get that piece of paper. Whoa, I have license to practice. And you and your partner started working together. Yes. Yes. And I was, let, let me tell you that. That is, uh, that is not the best. Uh, uh, I was not liked. I was not liked because it, I, I, I did. I, I mean, I can't give anybody the, 
the uh, the same advice that I did, I took. I, you can't say, hey, why don't you sleep with the boss? And that'll get you uh, uh, this great career. It just so happens. And I'm still with my, obviously that was a long time ago and I'm still, we're still, we're still together. But, um, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, I wasn't, uh, people didn't reach out their hands and welcome me and say, we've, 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 we've needed you. Thank you so much. You know, I, um, I had to, um, I had to really kind of pave my own way with that. And so the funny part about that is, okay, so you're in this salon of, 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 of leasers, booth renters, basically in this large salon. So they're not commissioned people. So they've been in the industry for a long time. They're uh, seasoned and have great clientele. And um, when I had the best piece of advice that I could have give to somebody is what I did, which is make, Make the uh, silliest Instagrams or take the silliest TikToks in that time that you have time to do it. Because I didn't have clients. I didn't, I, I, I had so much time on my hands that I, I had, but the best thing is for me to be in the building. So I went there still, you know, nine to five, but I just kind of walked around see if anybody needed anything. Um, I was the worst assistant, just not a good assistant, but I, Why? What, what was it? What was it that you didn't do properly as an assistant? Okay. I was, when I did go to school, I was a theater major uh. and I like, I like the, the spotlight. <laughs> you see, that's the problem with me is I love the spotlight. It was hard for me to help. Now I can. I now I can do it. I can help my assistants to to help them, lift them up, and and help them. But for me, assisting, I was terrible. You can ask him. I was terrible. Anyways, so but I did um, try to make content, and in if you're in a salon setting where they don't necessarily embrace that it can be difficult and they didn't necessarily, I was that one where like, what, what is he doing? What is he doing now? Um, you know, it's, it was kind of just like, you know, whatever. Um, but I kept doing it because it also brought me joy. Um, so I kept doing that. And so for my, my biggest piece of advice is if you are in cosmetology school, coming out of it into assistant, assistant program, apprenticeship program, or you're fresh on the floor and you're just like sitting on the, you know, sitting there like this is to take that time because you're never going to get that time back because hopefully you're going to be a super booked hairstylist and you're going to be doing these really cool podcasts and you're not going to have that time on your hands anymore. How did, how did Carlos get busy? Um, so the consist the consistency was the main you can be brilliant you can be talented you can be funny you can be uh, incredibly good looking i am all of those things right but um if you're if you're not consistent if you're not going to show up you're not going to get busy so you can be you know the smartest person doesn't necessarily become valedictorian of their high of their school 
it's the person that puts in the work. And one thing about me is that I do work a lot. And um, I, my consistency has helped me. You know, I've had my ups and downs personally with things. And, you know, I, I talk openly now as I've got, gotten older about substance abuse that I had that I have, you know, that I, that I, that I work on every day and you can't be consistent if you're, if you're a practicing alcoholic or if you're not sober for me, I couldn't be consistent. So that really had to be, um, really the base of everything, but really that being consistent gave me the ability to, uh, earn the trust of my clients, the clients that I did have to be like, well, he shows up and he does good work when he shows up and he shows up. And so they're going to tell somebody else about that. And then um, really getting more actual content on my Instagram. And you've told me that before too, actual like hair content. And there's other people that like uh, Wes does hair that's told that's, that's said it um, where he'll take one model, take a whole bunch of pictures, different videos, different angles, and keep posting it because he didn't have very many clients starting out. So just kind of, you know, this angle and that angle and this angle. A lot of people come on here and they talk about how they utilize one person over and over again and, you know, get as much content from that person. And the struggles of being a busy stylist trying to make content out of your busy day. And it's, it's nice to hear the flip side of when you start out and you're not busy to use that time wisely right because we're talking about our career we could all go home and watch netflix we could all just you know disappear and go shopping or something but actually to utilize the time constructively for your future benefit is basically what you've been saying you did and it really is for me the 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 difference with me that i've found um and and the difference is is just a change slight change of perspective we're researching constantly, whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. When we're on our phone, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through TikTok, I'm, I'm researching. The thing is that if you look, I look at everything in a business, how can I make this benefit me? And how can I make this increase my business? And how can I use this? You know, so if you look at Instagram, if you're just scrolling on TikTok and you're not thinking of it, that way and you're just doing it just to do it that blows my mind because every time I lay in bed and I'm going through all my TikToks I think oh that's cute but I can't use that for hair uh that's really funny or I can't use that for hair though oh I can totally make this about foiling that's hysterical and then I'll do that and then I'm like oh he's hot but can't use that you know but I always re reimagining and repurposing always. And I'm thinking that's a great angle. I could try that on my next model or I love how they did this video, you know? So if you, it's just all about having a mindset. Now I I really do want to get to Insta, but I just want to carry on the salon story a little bit more. I want to hear more about that. The the salon is beautiful on Instagram. It's absolutely beautiful. How many seats is it? How many chairs is it? Uh, we have about 12. So right now we have um, 10 stylists and we would love two more, but we're a, uh, we're a, uh, we're not a commission salon. So the thing is that I love about that is 
as a salon owner, we uh, have the ability to let people have their own business and really self-manage. And and my partner loves doing booth rental as well. Um, so that's what we have. And whenever he was, uh, he had a, a really successful salon for about 15 years. And that's where my journey started. And it was about 25 chairs. It was huge. And, um, and so he sold to his business partner and said this, listen, you're just starting your career and it looks like you're doing pretty well with it. Like you're, that was my biggest fear. What if I went through hair school at 31 and I just sucked? Mm. That would be off. So I was actually pretty good at it. And he said, let's just get a small studio. And, you know, an 18, 1800 square feet is not, sounds big, but it's actually not big for Texas. You know, 1800 square feet, just four chairs, me and you work. Um, we'll have one more, Tina, who um, was, uh, is still with us, an extension specialist. This was four years ago. And, um, and Greg, who was my partner's assistant, and he was like one of the only people from that salon that believed in us and came with us. Um, and that's it. No more. And we just have a little small little operation. And I said, great. What happens is that he's created such a, a, a name that people started coming like, can I come work with you guys? I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come, work, come work with you guys. And then this beautiful global group hairdressing, which is really only 1800 square feet. And the way we wanted to do it was inspired by a European apartment that was just found. And then we decided to work there. And, um, and then my color started doing really, he's the one that told me to start doing Instagram and um, I didn't want to. And my color started blowing up and my video started blowing up and he was like, let's expand. And so, you know, we expanded to another 1800 square feet where we have like the color bar by Carlos side. Yes. And now it's this big 3,600 square foot beauty. So, you know, we um, hosted our, really our first big class this past weekend. I saw which that was on Insta. Great. Yeah. Three, three amazing colorists, color by Matt, Maddie, hair by Danny, and that hair magic, Julie, came and it was amazing so many people from the industry came and um you know there's 60 people here and we had a great time and everybody loved the space which was you know you know eric vaughn yes yes eric vaughn and, and his hair and his hair i know i i saw your post with his hair on your head <laughs> and i smelled and I, and I the first thing i did was smell it because i wanted to see what it smells like it smelled expensive yeah. <laughs> It smelled, it smelled expensive. I wanted to congratulate you on opening up the color bar. I mean, I have messaged you and congratulated you on it, but it's just a terrific move forward, isn't it? I mean, it's a beautiful looking space and I can tell that color's a passion of yours anyway. Mm-hmm. And to be able to kind of take that passion and actually make something physical in it is, is superb. So well done on that. And the creative, the creative space, I love the idea of that because... I think that even if personally, even if you are independent, it's really important that you have a community 
And so often if you go into a suite, you can be just on your own in there unless you go out the suite and knock on somebody else's door. Or if you're working from home, it's very much on your own. It can be incredibly isolating, which I think is dangerous. Whereas in these sort of working spaces, these co-op working spaces, there is everyone's there to help each other if you've got the right people. And I think it's about picking the right people, isn't it? That want to work independently, but want to work together. I think you hit on the head though. For me, isolation personally and professionally is not good for me. No. Um, I am, I probably shouldn't be alone with myself for very long. Um, So um, I really love the idea of having a, core group of people that you trust around you um but not just having people for the sake of people mm-hmm. but having the core group around you you don't have to um have that salon drama there's we do not have salon drama i know that you might have heard that from other people but there is not salon drama i mean there is if you grab a clip that you shouldn't be you shouldn't have grabbed but <laughs> You know, there's not, there's not, we're so lucky. We're so, no, you know what? It's not even about luck. It's about, no, it's not about luck. Picking the right people, working hard and going, chasing for what you want and developing what you want. I personally think salon drama always starts in the staff room, which I call the room of low earners. And it's always the people who are unhappy in their life who then decide to project it on, yeah, onto everyone. And to me, I, yeah, get rid of those people if you can. I mean, if you're one of those people, go and have a good look at yourself because it's like a disaster. Mm-hmm. Now, Instagram mm-hmm. and TikTok. So usually it seems like it's either Instagram or TikTok for people and they do well in one and mm-hmm. not so well in the other one. And I think that is also about content, isn't it? You're putting what you put on Instagram, on TikTok, it doesn't necessarily work. But you mm-hmm. have done really well on Tiki Toki um, with over 1.5 million likes. You've got mm-hmm. some viral videos over the 2 million mark. I have a 2.4, 1.5 and 1.3. And I have another- I hope they're pinned to the top of the page. Uh, baby, you know they're pinned. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so let's talk about TikTok rather than Instagram for a minute. Tell me about TikTok. How did you, how did you navigate TikTok, right? It's quicker. It's, it's quicker it's so fun i love tiktok i know you told me one time we were talking and you're like okay i'm going to bed i'm, I'm gonna go to i'm gonna get on tiktok now see yeah. you later two hours later i come off right exactly it's fun for and for somebody like like me that is a little add kid grown up uh, it's little mini movies they're tiny little movies yeah. that you just you just go you don't like one you just scroll you like one you like and then more of those come it's amazing. But um, for me, I heard about TikTok and I thought, how, well, this looks fun, but I, I don't know. Um, but then if you look at TikTok as an Instagram, you can't. Um, TikTok is a little bit more um, organic and it's um, silly and TikTok sometimes doesn't make sense. So mm. how I, what I say about what I, what I mean by that is on Instagram, you see a pretty picture or you see a well done video, 
and they get a lot of likes. On TikTok, you see something really stupid and you think, and it has 7.0 million likes. And you see something that somebody has put in time, effort, money, get maybe a hundred likes. And you think that doesn't make sense, but it's what grabs you. Mm. I think TikTok just grabs you. The thing about TikTok is I'm waiting for them to make it where it's like Instagram where you can monetize it. And really, I mean, you creators can make money off of it very little, but you know, the Instagram, the, tic, the Instagram shops, the TikTok shops, you know, how are companies, when companies start figuring out how to do that, that's, I think, where TikTok is even going to go further. I bought things off TikTok already, actually. I bought a, 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 a tracksuit off TikTok and it's one of my favorites. And it was, it was, it's all nylon. If I go into the heat, I'll probably go up in flames. You will. But I mean, I, lo- I loved it. Is, is TikTok where you found your, obviously, you've got a great sense of humor. You always make me laugh, even on my, my darkest day i know that if i speak to you i'm going to giggle um but is tiktok where you found your funny voice for online Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah tiktok is really where i found my um i found a way to be creative and also um uh give something back in a way to the hair industry to where um i I honor them by creating content for them. So I don't necessarily create content for our clients. I create content content for the hairstylists themselves. Hairdressers, right. Hairdressers and estheticians and makeup artists and anybody else really in the service industry. Um, and I, I, I want to, I want to do that. And I, and, and I love getting the messages of, um, you know, this quarantine, I haven't been able to work for three months, but thank you so much for making me laugh or, um, thank you for showing how silly we can be, you know? Um, but I think, like I've said to you before, um, really keeping it on me and not on a client or not bashing another hairdresser is really, really, as long as you keep it on your side of the street, it works. Um, yes, because we've talked about it, haven't we? Because I think that I think that's been a a very hard line for our industry to go down. Because people, there's a when anything goes viral, it gets a lot of likes. There's this there's this rush, isn't there, that you feel personally from it, and you know then there's suddenly like let's get that let's get that rush again. It's like a high, and by going down the road of comedy, it's very easy to veer into actually just taking the mickey, taking the piss, being rude about clients, which might appeal to some hairdressers, but actually I think it lowers the tone of our industry. But you've been able to navigate that and take the piss out of yourself Mm -hmm. and characters that are in in the salon without it being rude. And I think that's a really tough one. Yeah. I don't know what taking the piss out of something means, Jack, but... um, (laughs) But well, that's just for my English, my English audience. But taking the Mickey, joking about—I um, don't know what taking the Mickey. First of all, uh, taking the piss means peeing on yourself. Taking the Mickey is getting roofied at the club. Oh, okay. Um, uh, what else can I think about? Taking the Mickey, uh, laughing at, poking fun at. Um, okay. Got it. Yeah. 
you know. So it is, it is, it, I, I love my favorite messages are my kids and I watch your TikToks at night. And I love that. And if you notice, I never, I never choose music with anything, um, wow. with really anything foul in there, anything where it's saying anything racially motivated or I never cuss in my Instagram or in my videos at all. Me too. I'm the same as you. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's smart and I don't think it's a business. It's a good business move. And also I've have somebody, somebody has reposted me a major, uh, reposting, uh, hair page and they, they without in, and I do, I did believe them, but there was a song that I specifically chose at this specific time because there was a really racially bad word right before that that was in the song mm. and when they reposted it they moved it just a little bit and that word was in there and so i messaged them right away i was like this needs to come down this is not me yeah so i'm very very uh protective of that and did it did so did, did you find that tiktok fed your insta I found that if something went viral on TikTok, mm-hmm. it fed my Insta, which was a great business decision. Too. Well, there's a lot more people. It seems like there's a lot more people on TikTok. And so what, I don't know how that, I don't know. I, I, I hate to admit, I really don't know how social media works like that. Like, how are there more people on TikTok than there are on Instagram? But why I say that is that I started making really TikTok, which was, um, kind of the underdog or the one I didn't take seriously because it was just kind of fun. I made that where I post first, then I repost to Instagram. And then what was really silly that I never realized is that my Instagram name and my TikTok name were different. And I'm like, no. how, are people supposed to, how are people, because I didn't take TikTok seriously. Cardinal so right? I, was like, I was like, how are people supposed to find me? And I know that that sounds obvious to you a very smart educated person but Oddly. for me but for me that rose themselves brought themselves up from the trenches of uh, south where were you where are you from where'd you say where was it <laughs> the lincolnshire fans the lincolnshire Link- fans that just scratched and clawed their way out of, the, yes. out of the fence right <laughs> Yes, to buy nylon tracksuits on TikTok. Um, but <laughs> really, really, I had to go back and go, oh, I need to make my TikTok color by Carlos. And yes. that way it does. It does. And listen, I still can have 1.4 million views on a TikTok video and it have 20,000 views on Instagram. And I can have one Instagram video blow up and 4,000 views literally on TikTok. It's so, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Two different audiences. Two different audiences, for sure. Do, do you change your con? Do you make content for both separately? Uh, I know that you intermix some of it. But is any of it designed specifically just for TikTok, or do you use it on both platforms? I try to make it. I try to make it cross. I try to make it cross. Right. I do because um, I find that I've had company hair pages hair pages that are super successful and visible on um, Instagram reach out to me and want me to help them with TikTok because they're struggling to become 
what they are on Instagram. Yeah. So if you want to be reposted still where it's, where it's more people will see it as far as the hair industry people, I suggest doing TikTok just to get out there, but reposting your TikTok to Instagram mm. because that's really where the big repost pages are built up bigger for now. Yes. But that'll change. That'll that's, the, that's the fear, isn't it? The fear is that, and it's always a fear with any platform, that you're successful on the successful one, but then what happens when the new one comes along? And it, there will always be a new one. There will always be a new one. So That's why I commend you. I commend you because when I met you, you know, what did you call me, seasoned? Seasoned. You were seasoned. You're seasoned. I'm really seasoned. You're seasoned. But with different, but different with like chamomile and different <laughs> things. You're seasoned with different things, right? <laughs> but you are, I think for you, and I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, but the biggest fear for me is to not be relevant. Yes. And not be relevant. And yes, so yes, as, yes. A, as that's older in the industry, to, to be where you are and be relevant in the forefront um, for these decades is, I tell everybody I look up to you. I don't tell I don't you wanna, because I don't want to. I don't want to promote the Jack Howard. Uh, I don't Diego. want to be obsolete, and I think that one of the things about doing something like this, these, these kind of podcasts and these kind of interviews, is mm-hmm. is really about showing people how other people have done things and how you can be successful at stuff and how you can fail as well. Right? There's nothing wrong with failing. Uh, you talk about that quite openly on on your Instagram mm-hmm. page as well, um, mm-hmm. and so that people can see that that we are humans trying to navigate the path of life as well as the path of our hair industry, right? Which we love. We love what we do. I want to ask you this question. There's the meme. Is it called a meme or meme? It's a meme. 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 I'm just kidding. Right. Kidding. I don't, I'm just kidding. I don't oh. know. It's called meme. It's okay. called meme. It's called meme. I, you know, Carl, I should never believe you, right? Okay. So this is me, meme. It's a meme. 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 Are you holding a piece of cardboard? Uh Right? Yeah. Meme. It's meme. Thomas told me it's Uh meme, right? Uh Um, Uh-huh. Holding a piece of cardboard. Was that originally yours or was it something you repurposed? Because everywhere I go, you're doing it. Yes. So, okay. So there's the famous cardboard guy, cardboard sign guy from New York. This guy with this really handsome guy, younger guy. Kind of look, who's your producer? Thomas. Who's your producer? Thomas. Thomas. Woo! <laughs> Tom, you're getting a mention, Woo! mate. Have you guys seen Thomas? My God. The jawline, the lips. Am I right? Anyways, a great looking guy holding the sign, the cardboard sign. And he was famous. He got taken to the Super Bowl, all this stuff. So that's the originator. Okay, but, so I didn't know that. Yes, he did that. But. I remember I taught a BTC universe class, university class and I was like, oh, that's right. I was going to make a cardboard sign guide version of that for hair. So I grabbed my assistant right afterwards and I grabbed my dog. It's the dog. And I said, and I was like, let's go take the picture. And so that one, um, I just repost, paste, post, paste. And yeah, 
and it's done pretty well. That's done really well because you've I noticed that you changed the the signage in it for a few things, but I it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Well done on that. It's everywhere. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. And I brought and people still ask me, you know, where's Ava? Where's Ava? And I'm like, Ava's at home. <laughs> you want to get your hair done? Or you just want to ask about Ava? So you bring in to your Instagram, you really bring in your personality. A lot of people shy away from bringing in who they are. You bring in a little bit of your private life, not too much of it, but you bring in a little bit of, of who Carlos is. Obviously, the dog's in there, all of that stuff. And you bring your sense of humor into it. Jack, was that's that... not a dog. That's not a dog. That is, a, that is a dog, my daughter. Your child. Your child. My child. Yes. Okay. Okay. So much. Do you? I'm so sorry about that. Let's correct that. Thank you. Do you, did you, did you find that hard to bring in more of your personality into it? Or was, or was it? Was it something that you did that was calculated or is it just really who you are? No, it, it is. It is who I am. And the thing is, that's a really good point because I met very well-known uh, hair, hair influencers that I will meet somewhere and I'm like, Hey, how are you? I'm Carlos and nice to meet you. And they're so painfully shy or they are, uh, just don't know really how to speak to people. And that is not a prerequisite for being on social media. Being a personal personality-driven account is not necessary. It's just what I like. Mm. And I really have to, uh, it didn't begin that way, but when I got my account hacked a year and a half ago, I was so over it. I was just like, you know, you're obviously upset, but it made it it like made a more authentic account come, uh, right. come out of it. And now I have this incredibly authentic account and I have three times more the followers that I ever had on my old account when I started being authentic. Mm. So it was really funny because, you know, I'm the type of person though that, throughout my school and work history they're like we're gonna need less of you like like bring it down a little bit you know so for me to show more of me wasn't difficult um it was how to show more of me in a appropriate business focused way of yeah everything is calculated for sure there is not there is not uh I'm going to do this for the sake of doing it. No, I like that. I like that. I like that story too. The fact that your account, not that your account was hacked, but I like the story that out of that came this, this better thing. What are you looking at? What are you looking around the corner for? I don't know. I do weird things sometimes where I'm not even, my dog is right here, but sometimes I'll just kind of like, you know, I don't know why. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. It's all right. It's Okay. I wanted to conclude the chat. I mean, great chat today. Thank you. And I really appreciate your time. What's next for you? Uh, Where do you want to go next? So for me, it's kind of, it's the, the age old thing of balance, right? So now you get to this point of, okay, how does this, how does this continue into 2022, 23, 24? So how can I have the stability of my salon, of this beautiful salon my partner made 
because that's really my rock. I want that to always be my rock. I want to bring people in to teach. I want to teach because I want to show off this thing that he's worked so hard to make. But how do I not burn out? And how do I become a Jack Howard, right? Like consistently be, uh, be consistent and be and have longevity. Mm -hmm. So um, my biggest fear sometimes, and I've talked about it with my partner, is running out of ideas, but uh, running out of of inspiration. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have to make a problem out of out of nothing, right? So there's not a problem right now. No, be in the present, keep going keep being consistent and um yeah i think right now my my trajectory is so like this right now um that i have to see where what i'm doing where it takes me because it's it's working yeah i think that you know i think that we all have to be able to pivot and we all have moments when we go like this and then there are moments when it's like this sometimes we could even put ourselves in this position right but what we want to be is kind of here with those moments in there because you can't always be like that because it's too hard. But you definitely want to go like that and like that and the ups and downs. And the pivoting is is important. But I love the fact that you want to do some education. I want to do online too because I've had some people reach out to me from different areas in Canada and, and they're like, would you do online? And I said, yeah, of course. Um, and... Um, and I do want to do some in person because it's such a beautiful space. But something that you did say um, reminded me of something that, uh, do you know that Hair Magic Julie that won last year? I mean, this past year for Warm Balayage, the last category. She's incredibly talented and she was here yesterday teaching. And she says she goes through seasons, these seasons of inspiration and yes. seasons of, of just needing something different. And, um, and Hair by Danny also said the same thing. So I think it's you that you're saying that, you know, it goes up and down. So I, I just came out. That. I just came out of a winter, right? I came out of a, a winter where I was just sort of holding it together. And I feel like I'm, I'm in a spring again. So it's brilliant, right? It's really nice. Your, skin, you does look, your skin does look beautiful. I've got a filter on. Don't worry. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I'm very shiny. Um, <laughs> God, you just make me laugh so much. You really do. That's what gives me the glow. Mm -hmm. I wanted to thank you so much for coming on today, for taking the time out of your busy day when you could be doing clients or making TikToks or making Instagram thank videos you. to come join us. So thank you so much for sharing your story too. A real inspiration in the fact that you entered the career at a later date, not as a youngster, and that you've done so well so far so early you. in your career right you've got a long way to go um a thank long way ahead of you so let's let's watch carlos and see what happens thanks so much thank you so much for being my valentine's date absolute pleasure thanks thanks for the diamonds <laughs> so i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i did making it for you don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcast from itunes is my favorite but i know there are others out there and also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor, C-O-L-O-R.com.